Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Fronte. Mike, how you doing? Shaken, not stirred. I'm a bit stirred, but yeah. Eh, well, only because I'm just a little upset yeah. that Daniel Craig has done as James Bond. Yeah, but at the same time, all good things must come to an end. And mm-hmm. when you've got a franchise like that, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of hit or miss now. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and look, almost 50, almost 15 years. I mean, that's that's a good run. It's a good run. It is. 15 it years, five is. movies. Yeah, I mean, he definitely gave it his all. Mm-hmm. Every, every performance, I can't say that there was one where he was phoning it in. Unlike those writers. Yeah. That's definitely a fact. But yeah, yeah, No Time to Die is coming out in a few weeks. Finally, after almost a year and a half of delays uh no thanks to the pandemic so since it's finally coming out we decided well why not let, let, let's have a quick discussion about how daniel craig has been his james bond so far so you know kind of like a uh, director you know discussion we'll just go through the uh we'll go through the movies the good and the bad and there is plenty of both oh yes there is um well, let's be honest we're just going to start up start off at the highest point possible which is casino royale absolutely so mike how is and I'm going to ask you what you like. How is Casino Royale amazing? Um, how is it amazing? Exactly. It's very simple. It's your classic spy movie, and it plays it extremely well. Um, you know, Daniel Craig nails it at his first run at James Bond, especially in his more rookie years. The pacing is fantastic throughout it, and pretty much. That whole like spy cat and mouse thing is very short lived. He kind of lives up to it. He knows, or he knows that Lashif knows who he really is. So he's just kind of like, ah, fuck it. I'll have some fun. And he does. He absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, I think you summed up perfectly. I mean, there's nothing like stands out plot wise that's like, oh my God, this is groundbreaking for a spy movie but at its core it is just a well done spy movie and you talk about pacing they go through a lot in that movie and it feels like it could you know just flies by like they're in was it they're in africa they're in america then you're in europe for you know the second half of the movie but he's going around the world and it doesn't feel like it's, it's dragging on it's it's very quick yeah i mean like i said the pacing definitely works out very well for it it, it's I think kind what's of also hard good is like, to find a lot of flaws with it. I think it's good that it's his first mission. So he's allowed some fuck-ups because he does fuck up, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's good. It's not like we don't see like him a couple years in. He's already perfect. He knows what he's doing. And it's like, I did like how it's like he had to he had to stumble a bit before he hits his stride. Yeah. And, and he definitely hits his stride. That ending. Still a classic. Oh, yeah. I mean... Especially that torture scene, man. That's that's some shit right there. Oh, I mean like the fairy fairy end where you see the bad guy just standing around, you just you just hear the shots come out. Yeah. It's like that's nice. Yeah, I mean it, it really lives up to the hype, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Um, like I said, it's almost flawless. Almost. No movie is without flaw, but god damn. Do they do a great job in that movie? The whole 
rise of James Bond, if you will. It's a, a top tier Bond movie. It's a top tier action spy movie of all time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 15 years later, it's, uh, it's still there. It hasn't really moved. No, not at all. Uh, so I guess the next one is Quantum of Solace, which takes place literally as the end uh, at the Casino Royale. house starts right after. And after a very exciting uh, action scene to kick off the movie, uh, depending on who you ask, it's either okay or pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't my favorite for sure, mm-hmm. um, but it does have its place because that's kind of, you know, he's pretty much all out of fucks to give at that point. He's basically on full-blown revenge mode. Yep. And like, yes, it gets a little taxing, you know, him constantly weeping over Vesper, who, you know, he loved, I guess, but... It's like, all right, man, you, you knew her for a little while. She played you. Are, are you really going to keep weeping over that? I mean, all right. I guess this is where I step in to defend it a bit. I will do my take first on what I liked about it. I liked, I didn't like the villain per se, but I liked the organization and what they were after. It was very much a, you know, kind of like a modern day corporate bad guy where they want to control a resource aka water like that's very realistic and i like that also yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for oh we're kind of everywhere we're embedded a bit i do like those if it's done well which i thought was done well here it's taken a bit too far and say specter but we'll get to that in a bit absolutely but um, you know so you know look the villain himself he wasn't very charismatic unlike you know uh for casino royale and you know but what they're after, the purpose, I enjoyed it. The action, it's pretty good. So I had a good time watching it. But I will... Yeah, I, I mean, the movie definitely has its its upsides. Don't get me wrong. And no, I was going to say, there, there's definitely a downside. I think one thing that stands out plot-wise is, yeah. especially during the middle of the movie, you know, Bond's on the run. That's fine. Uh, M. M decides, you know what? We need to get Bond back here. So we're going to send a fresh agent to go tell him, you got to go back to England. A fresh agent who has no experience. And what happens? She gets seduced and then murdered. Fantastic. Yeah. Are you fucking stupid, Em? You have have one of your best trained people. I get it. He's just coming off his first mission. But you've seen how he acts. And that's who you send? Especially someone who's attractive. And like that's kind of the funny Uh thing as well. Because it kind of goes into... What would happen if Em sent like a man to bring him back? Or a woman who's not attractive, is he still going to try to seduce her? I mean, Bond probably would try to seduce a woman regardless of her being attractive or not. Yes. But... But I'm saying, like, how, how much about, did really care, how much, like, did M really care about having him back? Because, like, if you really wanted him back, you get a yeah. guy, and you drag his ass back to England. Yeah, I mean, clearly it kind of shows M was not... Uh, well, it's either she didn't really care that he was going on this revenge mission, or she was just stupid for this and that you know that kind of goes toward the writers now to be fair this is one of the movies written during the writer's strike so uh hmm. yeah it pretty much shows it yeah when they're writing some of the pages during filming it's uh you know you don't have time to practice but still it is a finished product and you know the the main weakness for this is the writing Uh, but i do get your point like yes he's on the path for revenge and while that's nice to see I understand your point. I guess other people's point that like you guys only know each other for what a few weeks at most, and you're just going bloody 
bloody murder over this. Yeah. So it's a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even even with all the issues I have with Quantum, it's the pacing was still not bad. I mean, the movie definitely moved along very well. How to? It, it's really just the plot. That's really all it is. All right. Is there, what specifically about the plot bothered? I don't know. It just didn't. Like, do you, do you feel the revenge aspect was done to, a little overkill? Do you feel it should have been an element, but not the overall? Yeah, potentially. Um, so, it so I just feel it's very much 50-50. It's 50% quantum, and then 50% is just him going, you know, on a murder spree. Yeah, definitely murder spree. I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot of issues I have with it, you know? It just doesn't really live up to the first one, I guess, because, you know, granted, not all sequels do, but, you know, especially coming off that high of Casino Royale, like, that movie is absolutely fantastic. No, I I, I get it. Like, th- this is a movie, quick turnaround from Casino Royale, actually from release, I think it's only, like, a two-year difference. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I understand, you know, people going in and expect something close to Casino Royale, and again, this, this is someone who liked the movie, it's somewhere close to Casino Royale. Yeah, I mean, here's another aspect that I look at it too. Casino Royale was a very good blend of, you know, action and spy movie, Mm -hmm. right? I think we can all agree on that. Whereas Quantum was more of just straight up action. Yeah. No, that's definitely like Casino Royale had a lot of spy elements with a bit of action. Quantum is basically if if John McClane, if John McClane was like invited to MI6. Yeah, and I would say kinda, it's like that. It it kind of didn't do me any justice. Sorry, for let me, that. Let me rephrase that. Die Hard Four, John McClane was sent in on a spy mission. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, the the action was still good. No, but like, me wrong. If you take the opening sequence, you take the airplane sequence, you take the ending sequence. Those are less Bond shootouts and more of like just straight up action hero shootouts. Yeah. Which I like, but I get like it, you're right. It's more of an action movie than a spy movie. Yeah, and it felt a little, a little jarring to me. Hmm. Which leads us into Skyfall, which definitely felt more kind of like back to basics, I guess. Yeah, I would say it's a good reset because it had your classic action and you know spyness in it, if you want to call it like that. Yeah, it's really hard to for me to really pinpoint. A lot of things I liked about Quantum because I enjoyed Skyfall a hell of a lot more. Well, then let's move on to Skyfall because it feels like we, we've said enough about Quantum. Skyfall, you know, like we just said, is a bit back to basics. You know, brought in a pretty good director, you know, uh, Sam Mendes. Yep. And, you know, we added in some new cast members, uh, you know, M- Mr. Voldemort himself. Um, yes, right. We fun. added a new quartermaster, uh, you know, we got Adele to sing a song. Like, you know, it was, it was a pretty good song. It was a pretty good song, you know, better than the quantum song. I'll give him that too. Don't yeah. know what, what was going on there? Uh, maybe there was a, a strike for that too. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I, I guess I'm not going to fault Skyfall for this. I'm going to fault more of the writers, and I'll mention that in Spectre for how they treat Bond going forward. But I will say the first time of Bond is retired or he's out of shape and him coming back, I think Skyfall, for the most part, did it well. 
I did like to see him struggling with, hey, I know you just took like six months to a year off on the beach drinking. Turns out that doesn't affect your shooting. That doesn't affect your running. And you're not as fit. Yes, indeed. It does humanize him because, you know, if you just take his first two movies, he's this unbeatable, suave, you know, basically super agent. And pretty much, you know, because he's sliding off cars, he's running around explosions. And then Skyfall hits and it's like, he is struggling to do pull-ups. He's, he's collapsing on the floor. He is... Yeah, because there's a lot more aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that part of the movie. Yeah, I think it definitely worked well. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, it's not your typical start-off either. You know, first mission you're with James Bond, he's back to his normal self. Boom. Gets popped by friendly fire. Yeah, it's it's something very different, which mm-hmm. was kind of nice to see, especially, you know, him taking his early retirement, I guess you could call it. And uh, how do I put this? Getting back to the basics, you know, he comes back because his country needs him, you know? Well, not only his country, but him needs him as well. Yes. And I think another highlight of this movie is how they treat him. How she is not perfect. She has dirty secrets. And those come to bite her in the ass. And it gets MI6 and it gets Bond involved. Oh, yeah. Big time. Which, you know, we're talking about villains and how the one in Quantum was not really charismatic. Skyfall brought in with uh, Silva a pretty, pretty good villain. Oh, yeah. Um, Without a doubt. Probably Probably the best villain in a Bond movie that I've seen. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely up there. Um, he's got solid motivation. He's charismatic. I can listen to that, you know, listen to him talk, monologue. Yeah. And he, he, he knew what he was doing. He had a purpose. Um, I would give the writers a little bit of criticism on how his escape plan was almost pitch perfect. Like he timed everything. Yeah, but that kind of goes into he was the James Bond before James Bond. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And that's not my, my biggest issue with the movie is I, I feel like I understand what the writers were going for because it's M's story and Bond's involved. They wanted to get yeah. small and personable, personable in the ending. I just felt it was a little too small. Like people joke about the simula- similarities to Home Alone. I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, the final battle, of course. But yeah, yeah. My, my only main issue with the movie is it, the final battle itself. And I felt that was a bit too small, but otherwise, I thought it was a great movie. Um, I do think a lot of the elements are just a step above Quantum, so which is good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it kind of goes back to the basics, right? Mm-hmm. It's all getting back to super spy action movie rather than full-blown action, which I'm definitely more of a fan of. And I, I, I That's know. what made the first one successful. I don't know about you, but I think we do have to give the writers props for bringing in, you know, besides Ralph Fiennes and the other new cast members, that they're likable. I wanted to see more of them, and we do in these new movies, but... Unfortunately, the new movies didn't really live up to Skyfall again. Well, let's get to the final movie then, which we're almost six years since that movie. Yeah. um, It's definitely not, not all that and a bag of chips, if you ask me. Well, where should we start with Spectre? Because they, um, this movie it, had a lot it, of hype. It's uh, way too much, if you ask me. 
Uh, I would say, well, way too much. Let's break it down. I think the biggest issue is them the writers forcing the other three movies to fit under Spectre. How everything was connected, and we didn't even know about it. Bond didn't know about it. Yeah, it was a little too. And I hated that. I hated that because each each villain had their own reasons, and there were no hints to anything bigger. Because like you're going to tell me that I mean quantum... there was very small hints. Well, you're telling me the entire quantum organization, which is supposed to be secret people slowly managing the world, the world government, all different countries. And that there's another secret organization that runs that one's like, yeah. see, that's where they lost me. I think it's also a great sin for this movie to waste Christoph Waltz's talent. Oh my God. Yeah. You bring in a, a lister for this and we all kind of know who he's going to be. Turns out he is that same villain we thought he was going to be. And even with us knowing kind of like a, I guess the last one like that is like Star Trek, the new one of the new ones with Khan, with Benedict Cumberbatch. It's like we all know he's playing Khan. They say he's yeah. not, and he's playing Khan. That's what we had with uh, with Spectre here, with a famous Bond villain, and uh, they still waste him. He, I feel he's wasted. Yeah, very much so. So that's and it is a damn shame. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. Hey, it's okay though. He, he's banking a new one, tied to a box. <laughs> Yeah, with a very messed up face. But, you know, hey, listen. Uh, yeah, Spectre just had a lot of lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it went, it kind of went back towards that too much action-y again. And as everyone knows, I'm not the biggest fan of that. You need that happy balance. This was too fantastical, where the other Bond movies were a little bit more grounded. Like, yes, Skyfall had its issue where it was a little bit fantastical, but still semi-grounded. You well, you didn't I mean? think it was grounded when Bond, when he's breaking out of that facility in the desert, he's just shooting people from the hip, like 100 meters away, just pop, oh, yeah. pop, pop, pop. With a fucking double barrel, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. No, 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 totally no scope or anything. He's just he's just popping them all down. It's like, right, yeah, okay. You don't need a scope. No, not, not for your Bond. Nope. Well, then again, you know, Iron Sights Bond should be very good at. But that being said, it especially when he was using the double barrel, like, come on there, pal. <laughs> I think you and I both know that that's definitely not possible because double there's barrels are not known. And then there's bullshit. Yeah, double barrels are not known for their range, like, at all. But somehow they're like, oh, yeah. That's that's cool. Like it, it's there. It's like no, not really. I, I think another failure is um, the B plot in the movie was With, not that uh, interesting. Was Ralph Fiennes and the the guy from Sherlock, the villain from Sherlock? Yeah, like where he was. He yeah. was kind of like he was helping Spectre, and then like, look, when when he played Moriarty and Sherlock, he's a, he's a great actor. I watched the show; he can be a great actor. But again, kind of like in Christoph Waltz, they kind of wasted him in this. And instead yeah. of having an interesting B-plot with the, the side characters, it's just Ralph Fiennes and the other actor just talking back and forth the entire movie. It's like, <sighs> eh. Yeah. Like, I get it. They're not like active agents. I don't expect them to shoot up a building in London. But come yeah. on. Like, there's no tension. There's no tension in the movie. Not even a little bit. 
because you know he James Bond is gonna be okay at the end. Mm-hmm. But goddamn man, like uh, you know, I I'm glad they didn't kill off say Ralph Fiennes because he's the new M, for example. But for yeah, they could have went with that. Like, hey, look, we just killed the M who was in like the last five to ten Bond movies. We have no problem killing anyone. Maybe Ralph Fiennes gets into a situation where he might be killed off because you know he's M. And you can have that yeah. tension, but no, we didn't. We didn't feel it. We didn't. The, the other guy was not threatening. He was just came off as a dickhead, um, and that was it. Yeah, and it was like the other guy was like trying to be too smart for his own good, and like right mm-hmm. off the rip, you knew he was a bad guy. Like there was no real big twist to it. Yeah, it's like they were trying to be smart with it and just weren't, which is a shame. I mean, to give give it a positive. Once again, I, did, I, I like hopes. Mr. White. I, yes. I like I how they brought back Mr. White. I, I will give him that. That that was a nice callback. Um, kind of weird how Bond goes from "I'll protect your daughter" to now "I'm banging your daughter" and now "I'm in love well, with your daughter." But that's okay. a very Bond. That's a very Bond thing to do. Let's I know it's a here. very Bond thing to do, but like, come on, <laughs> this guy was like your main, like one of your main enemies two movies ago. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Bond—that's his ultimate revenge. I stopped you, and now I'm just going to bang your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'll protect it's the her, ultimate right. power move. Ultimate power move. I mean, he's dead. He's not seeing this. Oh, maybe who knows? Maybe he did see it in the afterlife, and he's just sitting maybe. up there like, "God damn it!" So Francis got to do me one favor, and he just thanks <laughs> my goddamn daughter. What the fuck? I mean, technically, if she's alive, and he is protecting her, still doing yeah, a that's, favor. That's true. But, but unfortunately. I don't think that was in the contract. Well, overall, Spectre is a disappointment. And, Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad they switched up. Uh, and look, I was kind of surprised Spectre was this bad because they brought back Sam Mendes again. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm curious, I want to know the production behind this movie. Is it the script or did he just make some bad choices? Because it's kind of weird how he had great success with Skyfall. They oh. crapped the bed or shit the bed with uh, Spectre. And then he goes off and makes 1917, which is a great movie. So what was the issue here? Maybe too much studio involvement. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. You have the producers of Bond that are very, uh, can be very pushy at times. I mean, based on what they wanted, uh, we didn't get a David Fincher Bond movie for No Time to Die. So mm, maybe. Well, to be fair, I don't think Fincher's expertise would have been the best for a Bond movie. You don't think so? I think Fincher gets a little, little too dark. Or maybe a little too dark, but if you want a slower-paced spy movie, Fincher, I think, could deliver that. But you're right. Yeah, it could be a I little mean, too dark for the general audience. Because Fincher kind of makes very dark adult movies. How about this? How about we do seven, but with Bond? Darker. That's kind of my point there. But that'd be such a good movie. It, it definitely would be. Not disagreeing with that. Yeah, yeah, I know. But as far as money making opportunities, is it going to make the most? Well, you're probably going to scare away all the ten year old kids. That's that's a big fact. So, Tyler, as a whole, Mm. would you recommend watching the Bond franchise or the Daniel Craig Bond franchise? Yeah, Daniel Craig's. Um, I would say yes. I don't think you have to watch all of them. Uh, I feel personally minimum you have to watch casino royale and you have to watch skyfall possibly quantum if you want to tie up some loose ends from casino royale 
As for Spectre, honestly, I think that's almost a two and a half hour movie. Watch yeah, a 10 minute YouTube video. Watch a 10 minute YouTube video. You know, watch, you know, have someone describe the movie to you and you're good yeah. to go. You're good to maybe go. Check out, maybe check out Cinema Sins for Spectre and you'll be all right. You'll be brought up to speed on the plot. And you'll have some laughs. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's probably your best bet. Mike, would you recommend this? I definitely would because they're overall worth it for the overall story, even though some of them get a little bit too fantastical for my taste. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe you guys will like that more fantastical aspect. Who am I to judge? But Tyler, if you were to rank them, Mm. well, where let's let's hear your top four ranking, would you? Yeah, sure. Well, obviously, I think based on our discussion, uh, everyone listening to this would know that Spectre is in last place, dead last. Yep. Um, it's a big fact. For, for me, second and third place gets pretty tough. But uh, if I'm going to view this from a somewhat objective lens, I will put Quantum of Solace in third place. Though it's very close. Second place will be Skyfall. And I don't think it's also a shock. First place is Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, my list is very similar to yours. I would have to say, obviously, Casino Royale first, mm-hmm. then Skyfall, then Quantum, and then last, obviously, Spectre. So the exact it, same. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Very similar. The exact list. Listen, maybe I've had too many martinis, but it seems like the Daniel Craig Bond movies are doing better with the odd number movies. And this is number five, No Time to Die. Yes. One was great. Three was back on par. And then you got, guess and, what? And now we're going to finish strong, five. right? Yep. Finish strong for the last one. Call it a day. And I think that's our best bet for this franchise. Send it off on a high note. And then we get Henry Cavill as the next Bond. Uh, maybe. I wouldn't. Uh, listen, I'm still all for Idris Elba. I think that's. Same here. I mean, he's a bit older, but he's got the charisma hey, to pull that off. He absolutely does, and he's still in great shape. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting after this movie comes out. Everyone's just going to be wondering, so yeah, who's, who's the next guy? <laughs> yeah, and right now there's no real big picks for it. I mean, Henry yeah. Cavill, fun fact, was actually in the running to be James Bond, but they picked Daniel Craig because they thought Henry Cavill was a little too young for the role. I now wonder if 15 years later, do they consider him a little? T- too old uh who knows that's, might al- be that's too- always what i hear about Idris Elba. is like well he's already in his like his early mid 50s and if we want to do three or four movies with them it's like but he, he might be a little too jacked up these days it's true I, hey I look, i'm just saying from man from uncle the guy can do it he can do oh, it I he don't definitely care can i don't care if he's jacked he can do he it definitely can i i'm i'm agreeing with that i'm just saying you know oh, those producers are very picky i gotta say they are. Like everyone on the internet is basically Idris Elba first. And then like if they have to pick a second, it's like Henry Cowell. Yeah, and it's a pretty good second. Yeah. I, I guess the dark there's... horse would be like Tom Hardy. Yeah, which I think he could definitely nail that too. But I don't think it's going to be Tom Hardy because no, Daniel not. Craig was considered more of a grittier realistic Bond. I feel Tom Hardy would just get even more grittier. Maybe. Yeah, mo- most likely. Yeah. And I don't know if they... I don't, well, I don't know, but what, what do the producers want? Do they want to stick with Daniel Craig grittiness, in which case Tom Hardy's solid, or do they want to go to more suave, you know, kind of bond? Yeah, it's... Uh... And we'll probably do an episode anyway at some point, whoever they cast. We'll, we'll talk about it then. Oh, yeah, of course. 
Because then we'll just go through their movies and see if they're good or not. Which, I gotta be honest, most of these movies are, or most of these actors have pulled off similar roles and did pretty well. Mm -hmm. So, they would all be a pretty good fucking choice. That's enough what we think about the franchise and where it might be going. Let us know if you're excited to see the new Bond film or are you kind of over this franchise already? But what we'd really like to know is what was your favorite Bond films and why? Feel free to shoot us your your order of what you liked. Always at Entertainment Expansion. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As always, thank you for listening.